I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escovito with Weintraub Tobin. The toy maker Mattel has filed an action against Wrap Snacks in the United States District Court for the Central District of California for trademark infringement. Specifically, Mattel claims that Wrap Snacks potato chip collaboration with rapper Nicki Minaj infringed its Barbie trademark. That's what we'll be discussing on this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. A couple months ago, Rap Snacks announced that it would collaborate with Nicki Minaj on a new chip flavor known as Barbie Q Honey Truffle Potato Chips, a play on Minaj's Barbie nickname. Mattel was not amused. In fact, the complaint states that not only does the name of Rap Snacks product packaging wholly incorporate Mattel's Barbie trademark, but the logo is confusingly similar to the current Barbie logo. And uh, Mattel's frustration with the situation was surely inflamed by Rap Snacks extensive marketing campaign, which included New York City billboards, giveaways at music festivals, an article in People magazine, and social media posts on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And Mattel is likely bothered because of its efforts to expand its franchise beyond toys. For example, Mattel has created Barbie-branded snack food items, including pasta, candy, cookies, drinks, and other snacks. According to Mattel, this makes Wrap Snacks' alleged infringing use of Barbie even more confusing. According to Mattel, its Barbie brand has been one of the world's most well-known and recognizable brands for decades. For that reason, Mattel claims that Wrap Snacks has improperly benefited from the goodwill associated with its Barbie brand. Even Justice Sotomayor had previously stated that, quote, by any measure, the world-known Barbie is a famous trademark, end quote. And Justice Sotomayor's conclusion, uh, assuming that that holds up, and I think it quite possibly would, is significant because that then creates uh, the possibility of a trademark dilution claim. Scott, do you want to tell our viewers and listeners why or how that is distinct from a trademark infringement claim? Yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, so in a, in a trademark infringement case, you're really looking at the goods and services that are being used by the mark holder. And because um, the analysis is uh, similarity of the mark, relatedness of the goods and services. Are the goods the same? Are the goods related? Uh, that's a trademark infringement claim. Here, you've got toys for Mattel. And let's assume that Mattel didn't enter into the food space. And frankly, I never knew that they did. Uh, but let's assume that it's just toys, right? So you've got toys and food and those categories of goods are not, not really related. So how else would Mattel protect its brand? The only way to protect it is uh, through a, a dilution claim where the claim is that the use of your brand by a third party um, either dilutes or tarnishes the goodwill associated with your, uh, with your brand. And um, you know, one of the elements in order to establish a dilution claim is that the mark has to be famous. Thanks, Scott. That's actually really helpful. So Mattel claims to have made reasonable efforts to resolve this dispute with Rap Snacks. According to the complaint, Mattel contacted Rap Snacks and asked it to stop using the Barbie mark in connection with its chips, but Rap Snacks refused. But that isn't a surprise to me, since Rap Snacks has filed an intent to use application for registration of the barbecue mark in connection with food products, including chips. To me, this seems to indicate that Rap Snacks either has no idea what it's doing <laughs> or it believes that it has a legitimate claim to use the mark. What do you think, Scott? Do you think Rap Snacks use is legal? Hmm. 
I'm going to have to say I don't really know enough to make that call right now. Um, look, I do think it's interesting that they're using the exact same spelling of Barbie. Um, like I don't have a problem with them using Barbie for barbecue, but probably spelled it has to be spelled a different way. And by the way, those chips sound really tasty. I would like to get my hands on a bag of them. Um, but, you know, they're entitled to refer to them as barbecue or barbecue chips. I don't know. I really don't think that they can call them Barbie. I Barbie is a famous trademark. It really is. And there's no getting around it. Um, and I, 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 you know, I don't know that it matters that Nicki Minaj is referred to as Barbie. And I don't know who refers to Nicki Minaj as Barbie. I, I have not heard that, but I don't know that it matters. And I don't know that they can do this. Okay. Well, let me, let me throw out an idea, Scott. What if there were a first amendment argument that could permit rap snacks use under the VIP products authority in the ninth circuit, which as you know, applied the Rogers versus Grimaldi precedent from the second circuit. Uh, so under that line of cases, if the use has artistic relevance and does not mislead consumers as to the source or the content of the work, then the use is permissible. So rap snacks would need to prove two things that its use has artistic relevance and that its use was not misleading as to the source. So just quickly going through those two factors or elements in my mind, and then I'd be interested in hearing what you have to say, Scott, we know that the artistic relevance bar is really, really low. Uh, the court, at least in one of the, uh, it was either in Rogers or one of its progeny. It said that it does not have to rise to the level of of Anna Karenina. Uh, and that, I know that, the Honey Badger, Badger case. Honey Badger case. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so the Honey Badger case, which is another good example to consider when we're talking about the artistic relevance factor, because it's literally a Hallmark card with the Honey Badger on it. Uh, but it was found to have artistic relevance, so we know that bar is pretty low. I don't think that Rap Snacks would necessarily have an issue with that element in some way, shape or form. Now, the second element is whether the use was misleading as to the source. And if you believe Mattel's allegation that not only does it use the Barbie mark, but they also use the same logo or font or something of that nature, to me, that starts to get misleading. Um, so I, I don't know that that argument carries the day, but I think it's, it's an argument. It's a potential defense. I don't think that would hold much water. I, oh, I don't think that the potato chip bag is an expressive work. And that's what Rogers, that's what Rogers applies to. Um, so, I mean, I just don't, I don't think they can make that argument. I don't think they carry the day on it. Um, and then if you remember our whole discussion uh, in the Mischief Vans case, there's a group of scholars pushing to basically not apply the Rogers test in the case of dealing with functional, um, functional goods that may be expressive works like, you know, shoes. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the, there's two strikes against this one. One is I don't think it's an expressive work. The other is I think it's functional. Yeah, I was actually reading about that that Vans case out of the Second Circuit, I believe it is, and and some of the amicus or amici brief that are being filed in that case. It's interesting. We'll definitely have to cover that when a ruling comes down. Um, but just another factor, kind of building on what you were just say, saying about the uh, 
the functional use or it not being uh, an artistic expression. If you recall the VIP products case, there was a brief discussion or relatively brief discussion about the fact that the squeaky dog toy was in fact a commercial use. Now there the court said just because it's a commercial use, it doesn't mean it doesn't have artistic relevance, but I think there's a distinction to be drawn between a toy that's modeled after the mark in question versus just uh, arguably marketing collateral, which I think you could argue that, that a chip bag could be. I mean, maybe look, they, they would have like as a litigator, you know, you got to put up all the possible defenses because you just never know what a court's going to grab onto. Um, and, you know, who knows? It might get legs. We'll have to see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully um, this chip company, Rapsnacks, uh, presses forth with their defense and hopefully they distribute this stuff in the 7-Eleven near me so I can grab a bag. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Josh, for bringing this to our attention. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Scott. I hope you enjoyed this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast. And if you like what you heard, give us a comment and give us a five-star review. It really helps. Also, if you're interested in more content like this, please visit us at theiplawblog.com.